Derek Crockett is an author, philosopher, and practitioner of the divine law. In 2009, he received a revelation that would forever change his understanding and perspective of how to live in this reality. Hi, and welcome to the program. I'm Adam Ripley, your host and avatar for the Discerning Truth podcast and the Beyond the Rituals community. Today, I'll be reading the introduction to Derek Crockett's new book, The Philosophy of the Divine Law, The Path to Harmony and Peace. But first, a quick commercial. If you enjoy our podcast, you can listen to them on the go. Search for Discerning Truth and subscribe and rate them wherever you listen. By doing so, you let us know that you support what we're doing and encourage us to continue. Thanks in advance. Now, an introduction to the Divine Law by Derek Crockett, read in the first person by Adam Ripley. In 2009, while researching the Lord's Prayer, God gave me the Divine Prayer in its place. Afterward, over the next few days, God, through revelation, also gave me the basic principles and fundamental tenets of the divine law. In the years since, God has continued to reveal the divine law to me through revelation and life experience, which has helped me to increase my understanding of the philosophy. And I continue to learn more each day. But what is the divine law? The divine law is the guidance essential to enabling humankind to resolve the problems that can lead to humanity's social destruction and the ecological devastation of our planet. It is the direct path that stems from the primordial understanding inherent within each of us that we are all an integral aspect of one profound and collective truth connected by the divine essence of God. At its core, the divine law demands that we accept the truth of the reality in which we live, and that we reject all religions, mythologies, superstitions, and philosophies that maintain doctrines and beliefs the physical laws that govern this reality do not support. Now, the divine law is not my personal conception. It is a natural element of creation, a philosophy, not a religion. A reminder from our earliest understanding that God's divine essence guides us to love and help one another that our fundamental differences are natural to our existence and do not define us as enemies. But I'm not here to teach it to you. I'm here to remind you of what you inherently know. The philosophy's foundation comprises four principles. Love God with all your heart, 
with all your mind and with all your being. Respect and treat others as you would yourself. Seek and accept the truth no matter where you find it. Live the life God has given you as positively and as responsibly as you possibly can. The divine law's tenets direct us to conduct ourselves in a manner conducive to fulfilling our primary purpose, to live our lives positively and responsibly concerning ourselves, other people, our planet, and the society in which we live. Unlike the religions, belief systems, or philosophies humankind has created, the divine law is an innate aspect of creation. Whether knowingly or unknowingly, we all follow its principles. And it is the extent to which we meet what they require of us that determines our level of success. What we accomplish in our lifetimes depends significantly on two of its basic tenets. The first, the choices we make determine the quality of our lives. Second, we must meet what our goals require before we can achieve them. In contrast with many religions, the divine law does not require faith or that we perform or observe rituals, but encourages us to incorporate its guidance into our everyday lives. The divine law is neither governed by an established authority nor enforced by the threat of punishment. Therefore, we either practice its tenets or we do not. Whether humanity benefits and strengthens its social structure by following the divine law's guidance or suffers and allows its social system to continue to weaken because it does not, is the choice and sole responsibility of humankind. Defining God When two or more people discuss a subject, it is sometimes necessary to establish for their mutual understanding what they mean when they use certain words. So, before going any further, I want to explain what I mean when I use the word God. Although I describe God throughout this presentation using male pronouns, I want it to be clear that I am not declaring that God is male or in any manner anthropomorphic. To satisfy those who might take offense, I could have used mixed pronouns, a she here, a her there, but that is not how I talk, and it would be unnatural and maybe even somewhat condescending for me to do it that way. So, though I personalize God as Father, I recognize that God's true form and attributes are unknown. That anything I might imply as being a part of God's nature is because of the limits of my language and the limitations of my knowledge and understanding as a human being. Therefore, all beliefs about God, including my own, are concepts and nothing more than pure speculation. When someone asks, do you believe in God? Are they asking, 
in which God do you believe? Or are they asking, do you believe in God as I do? When two people discuss God, there might be significant differences in what they mean. This might be true even if both practice the same religion and attend the same church. Without someone first explaining what they mean when they say God, answering their question can lead to grave misunderstandings. Do you believe in God? Oh yes, most certainly. Wonderful. Which mosque do you attend? Mosque? Oh no, I'm a Christian. Many people believe they share God with others within the boundaries of their religion. Hindus, Jews, Christians, Muslims, all religions that profess a deity teach that their members share and experience their respective God collectively. The divine law maintains that this belief and teaching is false and contends that God, though not personal, is an individual experience, an intimate understanding manifest to those who accept him. The philosophy holds that God is not separate from us or an entity that resides within detached from us. But through divine essence, God is an inherent component of our being, an integral aspect of what we are. When I use the word God, I am talking about what I conceive to be inherent within all creation and what I know is innate within me. That which, through divine essence, guides me towards the most favorable outcome for myself, other people, and my current environment. What I understand to be creator of all, God of all, accessible to all, but evident to one. Unlike many of the world's religions, the divine law does not require that we accept its doctrines by faith. The philosophy asserts that truth does not require faith, but maintains that when we seek and accept the truth, we obtain the knowledge and understanding of what this reality requires of us, and that by correctly using what we have learned, we can enhance the quality of our lives. God has already provided everything we will ever need in this reality to live a positive and prosperous life. Regardless of our character, religion, philosophy, or beliefs, what God has provided is available to us all, the pious, the atheist, and the indifferent. If we lack, it is because our decisions created our lack. This applies at both the macro and micro levels. But do not confuse what I'm saying with the Christian concepts of grace or blessings. We can better understand 
if we think of our situation as a quid pro quo. This means that we must first meet the requirements of our goals before we can achieve them or reap their benefits. Everything within the abundance God has provided has requirements we must satisfy before we can obtain them. Some require individual effort. Others do not. For example, while it takes personal effort to learn a skill or earn a degree, someone else might pay our bills, provide us with shelter, or in other ways, subsidize our lives. One of the primary principles of this reality is that someone's labor has to pay for the bread we receive, even if it's the baker. Our Responsibility To live positive and responsible lives and achieve personal success, we must meet the requirements and standards set by the society in which we live, accept the truth germane to this reality, and adhere to the principles of the divine law. The responsibility to provide for ourselves is our own. Therefore, the positive thought process is not, regardless of my shortcomings, God in His mercy will provide for me through grace, or someone else will give me the things I need. Instead, we must think, it is my responsibility to do what it requires of me to obtain what God has already provided. We are obviously not born with equal socioeconomic status, neither to families, cultures, ethnic groups, nor nations. Each of these has its advantages and disadvantages. Some families are poor, some are wealthy, as are some nations. To a great extent, some countries place their government in the hands of their people. Others allow control by ethnic majority or religious dominance. Regardless of the circumstances of our birth, we must follow the laws of the society in which we live, whether it is the most liberal or the most totalitarian. Whether we are free or oppressed to succeed, it is essential that we recognize that the decisions we make, not the confines of our situation, determine the relative quality of our lives. A Reintroduction We are born, we live for a time, and at some point, we will die. It is the undeniable truth of the reality in which we live. During our lives, we will love, we will hate, we will laugh, we will cry, we will succeed, and we will fail. If we are fortunate, we will share our experiences with someone who loves us. 
And from time to time, amid all the noise and haste, life and bodies, we might even be happy that many of us will embrace and fill our lives with beliefs that will serve only to waste our time, separate us from those we love and others, and prevent us from enjoying our lives to the fullest is deeply saddening. That many of us will convince ourselves that these beliefs are meaningful and in our ignorance pass them on to our children is deeply tragic. My primary intent is to reintroduce you to the understanding that the divine law is intrinsic to our nature and an integral aspect of reality. That adherence to its principles and acceptance of the truth of the reality in which we live not only serves to empower us to improve our lives, but is the bedrock upon which all humankind can live in peace. I intend to remind you that although we are each responsible for ourselves, our duty and responsibility to each other are essential to our continued existence. No matter our station in life, no matter our race, gender, or to which nation we belong, there is nothing that one human being can experience to which another human being cannot relate. Although I receive the insight I'm sharing with you through revelation, I am neither a prophet nor holy man, and I do not claim God sent me to proclaim the divine law to humanity. I am a human being, created by God, a citizen of the world guided inherently by God's divine essence. I am neither above you nor beneath you, but equal to you as a human being. We are all equal in our ability to seek and accept the truth of the reality in which we live. Although I will sometimes refer to specific scientific theories, I am not a scientist. Therefore, exploring scientific theorems is beyond the scope of this book. Moreover, I will provide scant information about myself. This book is about the divine law, not about me. I offer you the revelations I received, our current understanding of the physical laws that govern this reality, and other empirical knowledge. What you accept, I leave for you to decide. You can purchase the philosophy of the divine law, the path to harmony and peace, as an ebook or as a paperback at Amazon.com. Until next week, I'm Adam Ripley, and this is discerning truth.